Well, hello, tired one. Are you feeling a bit frazzled and worn out? Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. We hope lessons from God's Word and encouragement from us will lead you to soul rest. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is brought to you by Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Hello and welcome, friends. This is Nicole Olstead and Sharon Gamble here to welcome you to Episode 7 of the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about becoming His. We're going to start in God's Word today in John chapter 10 and see what He has for us first. Well, Nicole, as we open today and talk about belonging to Christ, I'm thinking of junior high where I felt I didn't belong anywhere. (laughs) Oh my goodness, that was such a hard time for me. Mm. I had a face that just was not attractive due to acne at the time. (laughs) And then on top of that, I had braces and a headgear. So not only did I have braces on my teeth, but I had this thing that went around my head and over it. Oh, those are awful. (laughs) It was really so sad. So, and on top of that, I was kind of geeky. So people called me brains. Mm -hmm. And when you're in junior high and you're a girl, at least this girl did not want to be known for her brains. I wanted to be pretty, Mm. and I wasn't. And I didn't feel like I belonged. I felt Mm. very out of it, like an outsider. And I tried my best to fit in, but I never felt like I quite succeeded Mm. at the fitting in thing. So we're going to talk today about how we do belong if we know Christ. And we're going to read one of my favorite passages about that. The Good Shepherd and the Sheep. So John 10, starting at verse 1. And why don't we just read back and forth together for this sweet Sila moment. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what it meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come in and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. 
for this is what my Father has commanded. Mm. Oh, there's so much in those verses. I love them. (laughs) I want to be his sheep. Yeah. (laughs) I really did. So what did you like best about this passage? And then tell me about your journey to becoming a sheep and belonging. I love how he describes himself to us. He's the good shepherd and we know his voice. And that he just puts himself out there for his flock. He'll ward off the wolves and the thieves and everyone else. And he sacrifices himself for us. I don't, I don't think you can get any better love than that. You know? Right. <laughs> so my story and how God found me. Um, he found me when I was six years old. <laughs> I was a very impulsive and rambunctious child. So I think he took one look at me and said, I think this one's going to be trouble. We better keep her close. <laughs> um, I remember my parents reading this book to me um, about this these two children in a school. And there was a bully and there was like the, the good kid so far. And the bully was just so mean to this one child and and stole his lunch and hit him. It was just not very nice. And it came time for um, the bully to get his punishment at school. And the kid that he had been bullying stepped up instead and took his punishment. And as a six-year-old, I'm like, why would he do that? That doesn't make sense. He was the good kid. And that struck me so deeply. Even at that young age, um, I just really felt the burden of my sin and was more than happy to ask Jesus to take that from me. (laughs) And I remember that feeling of just elation and lightness after I prayed. And for me personally, I felt God's presence so strong in my life from from day one. From the day Mm -hmm. I asked him into my heart, Mm -hmm. I have never doubted my salvation. Um, He knew I would need him through life and to feel him really strong. So he's been very... Um, just very near to me ever since then. I love that. Yeah. We are so alike, it's scary, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Because I accepted Christ when I was four. So a little younger than you, but I remember it so well Mm. too. And I had that same joy feeling when I received him into my heart. Mine came uh, on the eve of my brother being born. My mom was nine months pregnant and packing her suitcase for the hospital in early labor. Oh my goodness. And, you know, (laughs) with my stellar timing, right? right? I mean, I couldn't have done this in Sunday school where I heard how to ask Jesus into your heart. I couldn't have done it at devotions. My parents did devotions with us every night. Oh no. For some (laughs) bizarre reason. I chose that moment to say, Mommy, I really want to have Jesus into my heart. But I really did. Right. So imagine a woman in early labor kneeling, because she always knelt when she prayed. She still does. My mom is so, I just love my mom. Uh, So she knelt with me, and I folded my little hands and was right beside her and asked Jesus to come into my heart. And Mm. I think think she probably said the words, and then I repeated them. But I, I really wanted it, and it was a genuine. I know for some kids, you kind of they kind of just do it because they're told right, to. Right. But it sounds like for you too, it was genuine. Was, yeah. I wanted God in me. I wanted Jesus to be my savior. I wanted to belong, even right. at four years of age. Absolutely. I wanted to belong, and I'm so thankful for that. So, but because they're both so similar, <laughs> I feel I should tell a third salvation story. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> because not everybody has this long, wonderful right. <laughs> moment in their early childhood and then feels close to God for the rest of their lives, right. which you and I have. I yes. mean, we've had our desert times, and Absolutely. we've talked about those. But by and large, when we asked Christ in, he came in. Mm. I mean, it's not made up. Right. The Holy Spirit is living in Nicole and Sharon. Whoa. 
and and helping us walk out the path that God planned for us. It's it's amazing and it's wonderful to have a life with that kind of purpose yes. in it. Yeah. It really is. So, all right. So, I met my husband who was definitely not a Christian when we were in high school. <laughs> I was uh, in a play. I was Anne Frank in the Diary of Anne oh, Frank. Wow. Yep. And he was uh, asked by a friend if he would help with the lights mm. for the production. They didn't have enough people on lights. And his one instruction was, keep the spotlight on Sharon, oh. because I was Anne Frank. <laughs> so so God was like, this one, this one. I was going to say, you made it quite easy, right? <laughs> Gaze fixed on you for right. the whole night. <laughs> I know. How cool is that? So oh. so we kind of got to know each other. He, yeah. he started dating a friend of mine, and then I realized he wasn't a Christian, and so mm. I did not date non-Christians, you know, I just <laughs> dated Christians. So he was not just sort of neutral about it. Ray mm. was an atheist. Oh, Ray wow. absolutely believed that God did not exist. Mm. And he delighted in tormenting me about oh, this. No. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. He called me freak in the hallway all oh, the time wow. for Jesus freak. Yep. So um, I'd walk by him and I'd hear freak. You know, so I know. And then I ended up marrying him. Can you stand it? (laughs) So we were in the library a lot, and he would ask me these really hard questions Mm -hmm. that I had never thought of before, that I had a hard time answering. Like, okay, Sharon. So there was just Adam and Eve, right? Just two people. I'm like, yes, there were. (laughs) And he said, so who did Cain marry? His sister? And I'm like, what? Did Kate marry a sister? (laughs) So I had to run to my pastor and get answers. And then I'd come back and I'd say, well, yes, he did. But at that point, the genetic pool was completely pure. And and then he'd have another one for me. And I was the good kid that never got kicked out of the library. And that year, (laughs) I kept getting kicked out of the library because he would make me so mad. Oh, he that's just so made funny me so <laughs> So we had a rather antagonistic relationship, right? <laughs> yes. But I prayed for him, and I, oh. I would go into soliloquies, you know, mm. monologues yes. on the value of being saved. <laughs> and Ray would fold his arms and just think, freak, you know. Yeah. And so if, if it were up to my words, Ray Gamble would still not be saved. Because <laughs> I, I cannot say that my words saved him. Yeah. Um, but this is what did, Nicole. He's mm. a history teacher, as you know. Yeah. He was saved because he started on his own, because Ray loves to read, studying the Roman Empire. He was very fascinated by it. So he's studying it, and he's noticing that at the time of Nero, when Rome burned, Mm -hmm. Nero blamed the Christians at the time. And Christianity was definitely on Ray's radar, because of me. You, <laughs> so I guess, in library. <laughs> I guess in that sense, I had some sway over it because right. he was interested in the Christians. But what he could not get over mm. was how many Christians died painful deaths, not easy deaths, very mm. painful deaths, you know, in lions tearing them apart oh, in the, yeah. the, oh, what do you call it, the Colosseum fights. Yes. And even being used as torches to light the way into a stadium. Horrible, horrible things. And yet all they had to do was deny that they saw Christ walking again after he was dead. That's all they had to do. They they just had to say that they were making it up. Right. And they wouldn't. And he started thinking, you know, one or two crazy people maybe, right? But there were hundreds upon hundreds that died singing, 
singing wow. in agony. How? I mean, honestly, I still think about it. Think, But they had seen Jesus after he was dead. Mm. Not just one or two. The Bible says at one point, 500 people saw Jesus walking after they knew he had died. Because a ton were at that crucifixion too. So... Ray, in his logical mind, because Ray's very logical, said, I think it was true. I think it was true. Because that many people would not have done that for a lie. What do you gain from keeping a lie if all you're going to get for it is death? And, and oh, a painful death. How about right. that? You can't die singing. They couldn't all be crazy unless you really had seen a dead man walking. Mm. So my husband became a Christian because of the blood of the martyrs. Oh, Isn't that wow. the wildest thing? That's so I think of that. I think some of the Christians that died had no idea that because oh, they died singing, somebody in, you know, 2000, oh, actually, right. that was, we were younger than that, <laughs> in the 1900s, um, <laughs> um, came to know Christ because of their testimony. Oh, wow. It's just Ooh, so cool. Yeah. So, so anyways, he accepted Christ, and he told me about it. He knelt in his bedroom by himself, and he said, I believe in you. I can't not believe based on the evidence. Yeah. So a very different conversion experience, you know? No parents that led him to it and all yeah. that, but uh, he's been a strong believer ever since. I mean, he's, you know, like us, he's had desert times, yeah. but now he teaches in a Christian school, and uh, his faith has not wavered. So it wasn't any wonderful, wonder thing I said. It was history. It was history that converted wow. him. But it's been fun to watch him grow in his faith. And just for the record, I still <coughs> would not date him <laughs> until I was sure it was genuine. That's good. Uh-huh. Right. see some fruit there, buddy. That's right. <laughs> Don't you just be telling me right. this. <laughs> so, oh. But he started coming to our Bible study and just devouring the Word of God. And oh, wow wanting to learn more. So it was just a really, really fun thing to see yeah. the change in him. So It's fun to see the the hunger and excitement in an, an older believer. Like we've known Christ since we were little. So we've always heard the stories and we've always, Jesus has always been a part of our lives. Mm -hmm. But to have someone in their teens or 20s or, or later, they get so excited and it kind of reinvigorates me when I hear them like, did you read this in the Bible? I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, that is really cool. <laughs> yeah, you kind of see, see it with fresh. a new light. Yes, yeah, because yeah. of their enthusiasm. I so love that. That must have been fun to be around him at that time. <laughs> it was. It was. And his questions were much easier. I'm sure they were. Because <laughs> he was coming from a, a place of belief. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of my Sunday school teacher in sixth grade. Oh. His name was Rocky Taylor. And he accepted Christ in the 60s. Oh, wow. So talk about a late conversion. Yeah. His wife had married him at 19 as a believer, marrying someone that didn't know Christ and really knew she shouldn't have yeah. and really had a they had a, a rocky marriage right. they did he was a carouser a bit mm -hmm. and so she prayed and she prayed and she prayed from 19 to 60 wow, that's I mean that's time. a lot of prayer yep, to wait for and an then answer. Rocky Taylor accepted Christ and 
just what you were saying. He was so on fire. It was like he had to make up for lost time. He didn't have that many years left. <laughs> and I never had more fun in my sixth grade or in any Sunday school class than I did right. in my sixth oh, yeah. grade Sunday school class because he made it. He said, we cannot make it boring for them. This is good stuff. That's great. So, yeah. And pass on that enthusiasm to you guys. I you know. know. It was so guess. neat. It yeah. really was. <laughs> so, um, no matter your age, no matter what mm-hmm. it is, coming to Christ and belonging and, and choosing the one who made you as your savior, the one who in his grace says, you don't have to come. You, yeah. you can ask me and I will give you the gift of eternal life, but um, I'm not going to make robots. Right. I'm going to make people that have choice. Uh, it's just stunning. Absolutely <laughs> stunning to me. Yes. So, woo, so much. <laughs> so let's go back to John 10, 17 and 18 for a minute. Just talk about the significance of that cross, that mm-hmm. death where Jesus died and then rose again with that convinced Ray uh, that Jesus was real. Um, <laughs> says this, the Father loves me because I sacrificed my life. Now, Jesus is saying this before he's di- died. He knows he's going to. Mm-hmm. Jesus set his face like flint towards that cross. And he knew in John 10, and, and, and in terms of when he dies, it's like in John 24, you know, so yeah, he knew near the beginning of his um, thing that that's what he was going to do. So the Father loves me because I sacrificed my life, so I may take it back again. So right there again, Jesus over and over said, I, I will rise again. He told the disciples he was going to die. He told them he was going to rise again, and they all went, uh-huh. Like, this must be some parable. Right. It can't be literal. (laughs) (laughs) So then he says, no one can take my life from me. And I think that's so important, too. He chose to allow that crucifixion. make him. Not he yeah, it down. exactly. Yeah. He could have called those legions of angels mm-hmm. if he wanted to, and they would have like been incinerated. But, <laughs> you know, he didn't. Yeah. I sacrifice it voluntarily. Jesus chose to take that. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. So this sacrifice was his choice, and what makes it so... Um, brutal is it wasn't just the physical death, which was incredibly excruciatingly, awfully painful. It was the taking on of our sin and allowing the wrath of God to fall on him Mm. who did not deserve it. Like your story at the beginning about the bully, Mm -hmm. you know, and the good kid takes the punishment. Mm -hmm. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. It's what happened. When um, he died, the, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, cry from the cross, was when, when the weight of all the sin and all the evil of the world fell on him, and then God's wrath dealt with it like it needed to be dealt with. But on Christ, not us. You know, it's just amazing. And because he took it, we don't suffer from the wrath. You know, it, that's just such a amazing thing. My Rocky Taylor teacher, who had lots for which to be sorry, (laughs) was um, constantly in awe Mm -hmm. of the fact that he did not get the punishment he deserved because Mm -hmm. Christ took it for him. Just constantly in awe of that. And it was so refreshing for a kid that kind of grew up good. Although, trust me, (laughs) I wasn't. (laughs) Um, To hear hear the joy of someone that had gone through that. I love it. I love it. So, um, and then Matthew 27, 50 talks about the fact that even the 
the time of Christ's death was his choice. It says, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Even the moment of death was Jesus' choice. You remember that the Sabbath was the next day, and so the guys that were staffing the crucifixion said let's break their legs because they could live for several more days and we don't want that we want to be done and when they came to jesus who should have still been living at that point as a human being being crucified that it that's why it was so awful it lasted for days sometimes people that were being crucified uh he was already dead and he gave up his spirit. So God was in control the whole wow. time, even in that amazing situation. And then, of course, he did not stay dead. Mm. And we have the blood of the martyrs. We have the testimony of people that saw him saying, go ahead and kill me. I want to no, see him true. again anyways. Right. You know? Mm. So cool. So cool. Awesome. Okay, so you've got small children. I do. I had small children. <laughs> How do you, how do you as a parent share the gospel with them? It's sometimes it's easier. They they just seem to accept the truth, and sometimes they kind of cut through all the questions that we get so hung up on. So I I enjoy talking to the girls about it because they come and they're just so honest in their questions. But they've come to me with different questions, and I try to keep it simple. Um, but give them the basic truth that uh, we've talked about what sin is and how we're born sinners and how we can't clean our hearts. I always say that our hearts are dirty. You know, oh, sin makes it dirty. It. Yeah. And we, Jesus had to die to take the punishment for our sin because we would have to die for our dirty hearts. And God washes our hearts clean. And then he goes and makes a home in heaven for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like that part. They're like, oh, what kind of home is he building? I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I don't that. know. I got, we'll have to find out. Maybe it's a little castle. I don't know. <laughs> is it pink? Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're so curious about their home in heaven. Uh-huh. Um, and then we talk about how God sent his helper to live in their hearts and kind of help keep the hearts clean and how the Holy Spirit prompts us to go back to God to um, confess the sins when we do get like a little bit of... You know, dirt or sin back in our heart again that mm-hmm. um, we have the Holy Spirit there to help us to be more like Christ and to remind us to read our Bibles so that we can learn how to be more like Christ so we've kind of that's been our main theme for talking to the kids about Jesus I like um, that but they come up with some great questions <laughs> I like the pink house one that's yeah <laughs> it is so kind funny. of wild to think isn't it that he yeah. is going to prepare a place for us right that he wants us with him we really do belong we do. We really do He's belong to him. building a permanent home for us with him. Like, yeah, that just blows yeah. me away. It does. Me yeah. too. Me yeah. too. Because God, the Trinity, was perfectly fine without us. Yep. It's not like he needed us. But he chose to make us, and he chose to die for us so that mm. we could live with him. It's, it's just... It's such good news, Nicole. The best news. <laughs> such good news. <laughs> and it's so hard sometimes when you see people struggling that that don't grasp it and you want them so much to know you do not have to carry this condemnation Mm -hmm. and this feeling that you're you're flawed because God can lift that he can take it from you and clothe you brand new with righteousness Mm -hmm. and uh, you don't have to wallow in the the guilt and the shame I think one of Satan's biggest biggest traps is when we do something wrong he wants to keep us in that place of shame that that place of um hiding that place of um if anybody could see my insides they would not like me so that we don't go to god with it Mm. and yet here's jesus saying i already took it 
Right. I'm just trying to give it to you. You just have to receive it. I won't force you to take this gift that cleanses you, that gives you me, that brings you to heaven and gives you a home, you know. But would you receive it? Mm. And I think it's both the hardest thing to do and the easiest. It's hard because we surrender ourselves to God. Mm. I mean, he's really real. And he really lives in me and you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're not talking about just a formula. We're not talking about just saying words. We're talking about saying that we want the living God who made us to be in charge of us. I mean, when the shepherd calls, the sheep follow. So in that sense, (laughs) it's hard. But the easy part is we don't have to climb Mount Everest to get there. Mm -hmm. We just have to receive it. You know? Right. Is that something? So, anyways, um, if there's anybody listening today, I want you to know that we are thinking of you. If you have accepted Christ, yay, we're glad you're a sister in the Lord. Mm -hmm. We're glad that you're part of the flock, and hello, fellow sheep. It's (laughs) good to have you here. (laughs) And anybody's listening today who is sort of a wandered away sheep? who at one point prayed that prayer, but you feel like you're so far away you can't come back, oh, would you please read about that lost lamb that Jesus went and found. He left 99 healthy sheep and went looking for the one lost one Mm -hmm. and threw a party when he found it. And that is how God handles people that have wandered away. As soon as they turn, there is a party The prodigal son got one too. You know, (laughs) God's joy at having you back is great. And no sin, no repeated sins Mm -hmm. that you committed are so bad that he doesn't want you back. So come back. And if I'm talking to someone today who is listening to this conversation and going, well, I have never done this thing of asking God to come into my life, we want you to do this, not for our sake, but for yours, for your sake, so that the, the guilt and the shame and the I can't get it rightness is lifted from you, so that in place of that you have the God who loves you shepherding you, never leaving you, loving you and helping you be all you were created to be. There is no greater joy than knowing that you were created with purpose, that that purpose is good, and that you're not left alone to figure out how to do Mm -hmm. it, but you have a guide. So I'm going to pray right now, and if you would like to follow along with me, go ahead. But at least listen to what it sounds like, and um, maybe later you'll want to ask Christ into your heart, because he would love to have you. Oh, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner, and I thank you that you have saved me. And for those that are listening, I stand in their place, and I ask you to forgive their sin, and that they would ask you for that themselves, that you would enter in Holy Spirit, that you would clothe them with righteousness, that you would tenderly shepherd them step by step into a closer walk with you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice. 
I'm in awe still of what you did so that we could be with you. In your name I pray, amen. Oh, Sharon, what a beautiful conversation we had today as we talked about becoming His. God's love for us is so great, dear listener. We truly hope that you know how loved you are by God. If you have questions or want to tell us if you've become His today, you can comment and find our show notes at sweetsela.org or at wordradio.net. You can also find us on Facebook and send us a message on there if you want to know more about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter for daily encouragement. This is one of the greatest relationships you will ever have, and we promise you, you won't regret it. Thank you for joining us today. We would love it if you subscribed to this podcast and shared it with your friends. We hope you'll come back next week for Episode 8, Making Your Quiet Time More Personal. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. Sweet Zela Moments is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Zela Ministries. More information about this podcast, including show notes, can be found at sweetzela.org and at wordradio.net. Thank you for joining us.